Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope. We're back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well. Wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time, because Lord knows we all know how precious that is today. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and help it grow, uh, I'm also, as always, extremely humbled and grateful. So thank y'all so much. We're going to kind of keep up with the November Thanksgiving Day or Day of Fasting and Humiliation readings that we've been doing. Uh, We've covered a couple from Washington and Adams, uh, one from Madison. I'm going to try and squeeze in two today. I'm going to read through a second one from Madison, probably with very little comment, which I'm sure you all are glad about. And then we're going to read one from President Lincoln. which I think, if I'm not mistaken, is where the National Day of Thanksgiving kind of, kind of got its start. Had a number of different presidents do days of fasting and prayer, and that was not that unusual, but I believe Lincoln was the one that kind of set, or at least set the example for what has become our or Thanksgiving, but I could be wrong on that. Y'all can check me in. Let me know, as y'all always do, which I'm grateful for. We're going to start with another one from Madison, though. Uh, It's pretty short. So this was 1815. President of the United States of America, a proclamation. The Senate and House of Representatives of the United States have, by a joint resolution, signified their desire that a day may be recommended to be observed by the people of the United States with religious solemnity as a day of thanksgiving and of devout acknowledgments to Almighty God for His great goodness manifested in restoring to them the blessing of peace. No people ought to feel greater obligations to celebrate the goodness of the great disposer of events of the destiny of nations than the people of the United States. His kind providence originally conducted them to one of the best portions of the dwelling place allotted for the great family of the human race. He protected and cherished them under all the difficulties and trials to which they were exposed in their early days. Under his fostering care, their habits, their sentiments, and their pursuits prepared them for a tradition in due time to a state of independence and self-government. In the arduous struggle by which it was attained, they were distinguished by multiple tokens of his benign interposition. During the interval which succeeded, he reared them into a strength and endowed them with the resources which have enabled them to assert their national rights and to enhance their national character in another arduous conflict, which is now so happily terminated by a peace and reconciliation with those who have been our enemies. And to the same divine author of every good and perfect gift, we are indebted for all those privileges and advantages, religious as well as civil, which are so richly enjoyed in this favored land. I will make a couple comments here, folks. Madison's already obviously talking about God, and and he makes two really good points. One, nobody on this planet, folks, has more reason to turn to God, to thank God for his blessings, and to seek his forgiveness as a nation and as individuals than the American people. If you have traveled abroad in this world at all, you know 
whether you'll admit it or not may be something different, but you know the truth of that statement. Um, we have a lot of people here in America that either don't know it or for whatever personal reasons, um, ignorance, I guess, or malevolence, refuse to acknowledge it. But we have more reason than anyone else on this planet to tell God thank you and to turn to him, seek his forgiveness for our sins and transgressions, and to actually do something about it. So that was a big point from Madison's. And then his comment in this last sentence about the divine author of every good and perfect gift, that's a direct reference to a verse, which I can't, I can't call it, but you could type that in and find it in a heartbeat, in the New Testament. So this idea that he was just referring to some deity uh, is just total nonsense. That's a verse straight out of the Bible. It's one that the people would have recognized, they would have understood, and... Again, America is a Christian nation. This is our heritage. This is our faith. You do not have to be a Christian to be an American. But if we don't have a God-fearing people that follow the teachings of Christ and turn to God, we will no longer have a nation. And that's the direction that we're heading, folks. And he talks again about religious as well as civil. You know, we this idea that we have to leave Christianity out of our public lives, it's just there's no historical basis for it. It is for blessings such as these, and more especially for the restoration of the blessing of peace, that I now recommend that the second Thursday in April next be set apart as a day on which the people of every religious denomination may in their solemn assemblies unite their hearts and their voices in a free will offering to their heavenly benefactor of their homage of thanksgiving and of their songs of praise given at the city of Washington on the fourth day of March, the year of our Lord, 1815, and an independence of the United States, the 39th. Uh, again, year of our Lord, direct reference to Jesus Christ. First Amendment, all religious denominations talking about different Christian denominations need to be equal. This is not leveling the field between Christianity and other religions. And interesting here, uh, you know, we've kind of gone away from acknowledging our independence. We definitely, there's a huge push from the left lately. They don't even want to celebrate Independence Day. A number of them don't. Uh, and these presidents, that was so important that right after they acknowledged Jesus Christ, they acknowledged how many years our country had been in existence. Take a little drink there. Sorry, folks. This, this is a huge point, though. We we don't need to just celebrate Jesus Christ on Easter and on Christmas, but each day. And we don't need to just focus on the birth of our nation once a year. It's something that, that we should remember it multiple times throughout the year and, and be grateful to God. Again, no people has more reason, as Madison said, than we do to turn to God, to seek his forgiveness, to thank him for his blessings and his grace and his goodness uh, in our public lives, not just our private lives, but in our, in our public institutions, education, the military. Uh, and we just, we've got to get back to that, folks, or we're just, we're not going to have anything left. So we're going to switch now, go forward in time a little bit, and we're going to read through this proclamation by Lincoln if I can find it. 
There we go. Uh, Washington, D.C., October 3rd, 1863, by the President of the United States, a proclamation. So, this is... I'm sure y'all can hear the dogs in the background, by the way. They have discovered something out in the pasture that is extremely interesting. But they seem to be getting a little closer. So if they're chasing something up here to the house and you hear me yell and run for the house, then you'll know something found me. <laughs> At any rate, uh, this is in the Civil War. So kind of keep that in the back of your head. The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To those bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nation that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensitive to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict, while that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union. A couple things here, folks. Obviously, Almighty God, he's talking about God, the Father of Jesus Christ again. You know, some of you all that listen regularly probably get tired of hearing me say that. Uh, Maybe you don't, but you say it, because nobody else does on a regular basis constantly remind us that this is our heritage so that's why folks if we remembered it nobody would need to say it but we don't and a wonderful comment again here by lincoln talking about how prone we are when life gets easy folks when we have everything we you know need then we start to focus on what we want and don't have and Uh, then you open the door to greed and selfishness and pride and arrogance and all these other things. And we forget a couple things. One, we forget how much we need God. And two, we forget how much God has already given us. And that's really dangerous place to be, folks. That's squarely where we are right now. Uh, But it's amazing how something like war or pain... (laughs) Going back, I think I mentioned this in a recent podcast, going back to my father-in-law's comment about people don't really change until they feel enough pain. Well, it's hard to imagine more pain than our country went through in the Civil War. It's just almost, un- it, 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 it is unimaginable for us today. All right, where did we get to? Here we go. We'll continue again. Needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense, have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines, as well of iron and coal as of precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp 
the siege, and the battlefield, and the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. Uh, I cannot overstate this point right here with Lincoln. Most High God is a direct reference again to the Bible, God the Father of Jesus Christ, and also uh, anger for our sins. Slavery was without a doubt the moral issue of the time, and it was a Achilles heel for the South. Even if the South had had every uh, military and economic advantage, uh, I'm firmly convinced they would have lost because of slavery, because of that national sin. We have one today, folks, that makes slavery pale in comparison. Uh, it makes Hitler pale in comparison, and it rivals anything that evil men like Stalin and Mao in Russia and communist China did, and that is abortion. We have slaughtered over 60 million of our own children here in America, and that there's going to be a price required by God for that bloodshed. It's not a matter of if, folks. It's just a matter of what the price is and, and when we have to pay it. Uh, and this is what Lincoln was referring to here when he was talking about the sins of the nation. Um, and, and gratefully, you know, he said, God has remembered, nevertheless, hath remembered mercy. And, and that's really our only hope here, folks, is to fix this problem and then beg God for mercy. You know, in, in all of these proclamations we've been reading, that's a theme. Uh, and it's a really unpopular one because we all like to pretend that we don't need anybody else today. Um, I had a really good friend years ago that made that comment about marriages, said the reason, in his opinion, that so many marriages were struggling and failing today is because, and he had some personal experience with this in his family, uh, talking about divorce that really rocked his family. He was talking about the reason is because we've become independent of each other in a marriage. You know, uh, both people are working outside the home. Both people are making money. You have your own circle of friends. It's not like it used to be where uh, the, the wife was dependent upon the husband going out and earning a living, and the husband was dependent upon the wife being at home, making the home a home, raising children. And we've gone away from that to the point where we both think we're, you know, ah, it's nice to have you around, but I don't really need you. You know, I could go find somebody else if I had to. And it's, it's just kind of a sad state there, folks. I got, got sidetracked there. Sorry about that. But uh, at any rate, we definitely need to seek God's mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States 
and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perseverance, no, perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord 1863, and of the independence of the United States the 88th, by the President Abraham Lincoln, William H. Seward, Secretary of State. Uh, a lot here in this last part, folks. Again, day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father that dwells in heaven. So important to understand and realize that our country is tied to God. Um, that we thank Him for our blessings and deliverances, but with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience. Uh, you know, we got some problems today, Lord. Uh, and and we need to talk to him and tell him that uh, abortion, uh, LGBTQ relationships, no fault divorce, uh, bigotry. Uh, with the list is, we've got a pretty good list. We don't have any issues with things that we need to turn to the Lord. It's not like we can't find enough things to seek His forgiveness for. Um, but we we need to actually do it instead of just talk about it. And then, as Madison said in his, you know, then we've actually got to do the work of making a change, of amending our actions. And then, as Lincoln said here, widows and orphans, there's a verse in the New Testament that I can't remember, folks. Some of y'all are going to know better than I do, but uh, pure religion, undefiled religion before God is to care for widow and orphans. And Lincoln's talking about that here. And Lord, they had them during the Civil War. And this, he, he, he makes a real, there's so much good here, folks. But one of the things he said is unavoidably engaged. You know, there were a lot of people that didn't want that Civil War. A lot of people. Just like there were a lot of people that didn't want the Revolutionary War. But the alternative is worse. You know, uh, the alternative in the Revolutionary War was to continue under the basically the slavery, the tyranny and oppression of, of King George and Parliament and the British. And it was evil, folks. You can look back through our Declaration of Independence at all the different things that they listed out, the, the wrongs done to the colonists, and it's, it's pretty overwhelming. And in the, in the Civil War, there were a lot of people that didn't want a civil war, but the alternative was to allow an entire group of people to 
be slaves, to be enslaved and, and treated horrifically. And, and again, the reason, folks, is because we're a Christian nation. And, and we hadn't been acting like it. We had been going against that. That's the problem. The slavery issue was, was directly, the way that those people were treated, was directly against God and Jesus Christ. And that's the problem, folks. It's the problem. We, when we follow our founding faith and principles based on the teachings of Christ, we don't run into problems. When we don't, as we aren't today, that's when we run into problems. And and the issue is lamentable, unavoidable. Lincoln's talking about the Civil War. People that are insisting on following these evil values are dragging us straight into a Civil War again. Uh, and we may not want to go there, but the alternative is so much worse, folks. Uh, and it's that's hard to even say because a Civil War would be so horrible. And again, the ending... Lincoln, year of our Lord, uh, and he again acknowledges how long America had been a union. So I've gone well over today, folks, and I apologize. I'm making up for going short the one before this. <laughs> but I sure do appreciate y'all joining me. I hope y'all got something out of it. I hope that this has given you a little bit of encouragement, strength, faith, uh, and some some encouragement to talk to God for yourselves and for the nation we, we need to. We need to. And we need to encourage others to do it uh, because he really is our only hope of turning this thing around at all, uh, civil war or otherwise. I'll leave y'all be. God bless y'all. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Sure do look forward to it, folks.